At 256, Taiwan hit a new high for moderate to severe COVID cases Sunday. Notably, three were children and two of them, a one-year-old boy and a 10-year-old boy, developed complications relating to encephalitis. So far, Taiwan has seen a total of 12 children with severe COVID symptoms, with five having developed encephalitis and two of them dead. The CECC is reminding parents of infected children to pay close attention to their kids' health and seek medical attention immediately if they see any one of eight warning signs. Let's find out what they are. Here are eight symptoms that parents need to pay special attention to as they observe their children after they become infected with the virus. They need to pay attention to some prodromal symptoms that come before the onset of a severe infection, including a temperature greater than 41 degrees. We know that a fever can become a high fever. However, if a temperature is higher than 41, it often indicates that the central nervous system has become dysfunctional. And that is why the temperature is that high. So parents should be vigilant because encephalitis could be settling in. Other symptoms include continuous drowsiness, continuous vomiting, convulsions and the loss of consciousness. Kids may even develop some hallucinations. In addition, persistent headaches, muscle convulsions and involuntary spasms, particularly in the legs, which can cause an unsteady gait, are the other symptoms. If these eight prodromal symptoms develop, parents should immediately take their kids to get a medical evaluation. The total number of local COVID cases dropped slightly on Sunday compared to the day before, with more than 79,000 reported across Taiwan. Nonetheless, the number of local cases have still been hovering between 80,000 to more than 90,000 for five consecutive days. Health Minister Chen Shizhong says Taiwan has already reached a plateau, but whether case numbers have already peaked remains to be seen. CECC spokesman Zhuang Renxiang says cases will peak when the daily number reaches around 10,000 and that the outbreak may last until the end of July before the numbers gradually drop off to low figures. The 75th World Health Assembly opened in Geneva today. As has been the case in previous years, Taiwan still didn't get an invite this year. Despite this, Deputy Health Minister Li Lifen led a cross-party delegation to the Swiss city. She met with representatives of Taiwan's allied nations as well as Taiwanese expats. In a video, President Tsai thanked those who voiced support for Taiwan and stressed that Taiwan, as an active contributor in the fields of global public health and medicine, should not be excluded from the world health body. Deputy Health Minister Li Li Fen gets ready to board a plane bound for Geneva. Her mission to direct the attention of the international community to the health and well-being of Taiwan's entire citizenry. FTV's exclusive footage shows the plane has now arrived in Geneva including a transfer in Amsterdam. The whole trip took 18 hours. 
We mustn't be absent. We must express to the international community our determination to participate in the World Health Organization and the World Health Assembly, so we will definitely continue to work hard until the last minute. Responding to Taiwanese expats who have come to Geneva to support Taiwan, Lee played a video that President Tsai had recorded to thank them for their speaking up for their motherland. Taiwan is absolutely capable of participating in the global epidemic prevention system and is willing to contribute. Over the past two years, Taiwan has donated masks to more than 80 countries through public and private cooperation, fully demonstrating that Taiwan can help. The integrity of the global epidemic prevention system should not fail owing to the political interference of a single country. The U.S., Japan, more than 40 countries and the EU have all expressed their support for Taiwan's participation in the WHA in multiple ways. Marshall Islands. At a banquet for diplomats, Deputy Minister Lee shared with friends of Taiwan what her country has been doing. In turn, Taiwan's allies voiced their support for Taiwan's participation in the WHA. Taiwan is a very important part of the wheel that turns with respect to healthcare globally, and we ought not to exclude them. As Taiwan's allies step up one after another to speak on Taiwan's behalf, the world is able to see that Taiwan can help. Before the start of the World Health Assembly, a walk to promote good health was organized by the WHO outside the venue. People of all nationalities took part, while Taiwan's Deputy Health Minister Li Lifen stood on the sidelines with her delegation to voice support for Taiwan. Members of the European Federation of Taiwan Health Alliance stood alongside Li's delegation, some waving Taiwan's flag. Before the walk set off, WHO Secretary General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus went on stage and said a few words of welcome. Our reporter at the scene approached the Secretary General and asked him why Taiwan was not invited to the summit. Tedros responded with a smile but did not answer before his security team prevented the journalist from following him. Well, Sunday's weather was relatively nice, but will be in the thick of the rainy season this coming week with the arrival of a weather front. Starting Tuesday, the island is expected to be drenched in rain with the possibility of extreme weather. The public is advised to carry rain gear when heading outside. The sky was grey over Taipei Sunday morning and it was drizzling in some places. The weather is projected to get even cooler and wetter with the arrival of another weather front. Starting today, a front will gradually approach and the weather will become overcast with a possibility of rain. After tomorrow, the 23rd, and for the next six to seven days, weather patterns will be affected by the front. The weather will be quite unstable. As the front arrives, its approach will be gradual. We expect that it will begin to gradually affect Taiwan's main island starting tomorrow, the 23rd. Under the influence of the front, temperatures will gradually drop. From Tuesday to Saturday, a southwest monsoon will intensify, consolidating the structure of a stationary front and putting the entire island under full force of the plum rain front, the hallmark of Taiwan's rainy season. The whole of Taiwan will see rain and there's even a possibility of extreme weather, such as lightning, strong winds and sudden bursts of heavy rainfall. 
Starting Tuesday, there will be rain all over Taiwan, and we aren't ruling out the possibility of localized heavy rainfall in the western half and northeastern regions. In the coming week, the weather will change, and it will be relatively unstable under the influence of a front. So be vigilant. Although it's expected to rain non-stop this coming week, there won't be any incoming cold air mass over this period. During the day, the weather will still be quite warm, although the falling rain will turn the weather slightly cooler. Don't forget to bring an umbrella or rain gear when you go outdoors. Where do you go when you want to escape into nature? For many in Taiwan, one of the top places for getting away from it all is Shito in Nanto County. Shito has an experimental forest owned by National Taiwan University. It's an idyllic nature retreat, but a tremendous amount of work goes into maintaining its beauty. Today in our Sunday special report, we meet the people who are fighting the elements to preserve the Shito forest. They're slowly repopulating the forest with native species to lay the groundwork for Taiwan's future seed by seed. It's the start of spring, and here at Nanto County's Shito Conservation Area, 1,000 meters above sea level, a group of young people has gathered to experience tree climbing. Excitement fills the air. Following the guide's instructions, the young climbers use their body weight to pull themselves up on the ropes. They bend and extend their backs over and over until they reach the top of the tree, where they have a bird's eye view of the local ecology. These two Taiwan incense cedar trees are 30 meters tall and roughly 100 years old. Look up and there's a massive canopy and a rich diversity of creatures that live within it. I found a souvenir just now, a caterpillar. It followed me on the way down the tree. I found the climb to be very interesting and enjoyed how it let me get so close to nature. In this large tree, one can find caterpillars, birds' nest fern, lichen, moss, and other flora and fauna. It's a virtual microcosm teeming with life. In fact, some scholars believe that the tree canopy is an independent ecosystem. It has its own source of nutrients. Due to the presence of these nutrients, epiphytes and other living creatures make their home there. This includes insects, birds, and other creatures. A single tree contains a multitude of life, but the beauty of this forest in Shito belies a hidden crisis. This 会环播吗？对，啊，所以呢，像这些树呢，其实它那个树皮被咬了一圈之后，它上面就活不下去了。Just after six in the morning, arborist Ding Zongsu takes us into the woods. Half of the man-made trees planted here are Japanese cedar. The forest is teeming with life, but it's also under attack from squirrels. 
The squirrels won't eat the bark of the native Taiwania tree, perhaps due to evolution. The bark of the Taiwania tree contains compounds that cause the squirrel to spit it out. It knows that this tree isn't delicious, but the Japanese cedar doesn't have such protections. Shito is located in Nanto's Lugu Township. Along with the county's Trailey and Xingyi townships, it forms the NTU's experimental forest area. One problem that threatens the forest is the poor survivability of non-native trees. Another problem, which is faced by forests nationwide, is landslides. Every landslide wipes out part of the forest's ecology, destroying its habitats. Taiwan is a truly special treasure of an island, but it is also an island fraught with calamity. Taiwan was initially under the ocean, but was brought to the surface by the Earth's crust when two plates converged. When it emerged, it was with great speed and the geography was unstable. We are number one or two in the world for rainfall. So when natural disasters take place, landslides and liquefaction are very common occurrences. Fighting the twin challenges of fragile geography and the fragility of imported trees, NTU works hard to protect its experimental forest. It strives to prevent deforestation, which further weakens the soil and exacerbates the risk of landslides. Roughly 16% of the experimental forest area, around 6,000 plots of land, is rented out for farming and forestry activities. NTU has little control over what is done to the trees on those plots. To harvest wood, you need to let the tree grow for 30, 40 or even 50 years. During that time, timber harvesters would have no income. Of course, they would need to grow other things to make a living. For economic survival, people often cut down trees so that they can use the land to grow cabbage, tea, or other cash crops. But experts say there's a way to balance forest conservation with economic gain. Here in this corner of Chito, a worker harvests mushrooms that grow on the side of logs. These mushrooms are a win-win solution for farmers and a part of the under-forest economy. The so-called under-forest economy is that which takes advantage of the forest's unique environment to grow byproducts of that environment. The mushrooms we saw today growing on the sides of logs are an example of a forest byproduct. Growing shiitake and lingji mushrooms, rearing chickens, beekeeping. These are all examples of economic activity that NTU is promoting in its experimental forests. We're working with different combinations of trees and fungi, and we're growing mushrooms in different parts of the forest. We want to find the best combination for mushroom farming. The goal is to give timber harvesters something to harvest while they're waiting for trees to grow. Aside from saving the trees and finding new ways for farmers to make money, NTU also wants to enhance the diversity of its experimental forest. Its goal is to plant more indigenous tree species. In the palm of this hand is something smaller than a sesame seed. This arborist is holding the seed of a Formosan cypress. 
开始在从那个非常很小的这个种子。From a small seed, it can grow into a massive tree that takes several people joining the hands to encircle. In this nursery, tens of thousands of saplings of indigenous trees are being grown. When they are ready to be transplanted, they will be placed in areas where they will protect the soil and prevent landslides. They'll replace poorly growing imported trees. We are growing various indigenous conifers like the Taiwan cypress, the Formosan China fir, the Taiwania, the Taiwan ensign cedar, and a small number of Chemosiparis taiwanensis. These are Taiwan's five indigenous conifers, and they are all very valuable. NTU aims to plant 25 hectares of forest annually. This means it will need about 60,000 saplings every year. But the saplings of indigenous conifers grow relatively slowly. For example, this Formosan cypress is two years old, and it's still too small to be transplanted outside the nursery. Slow growth means that more time and resources have to be invested in reforestation. For NTU, cost is one of its biggest challenges. We have to raise these funds ourselves. For example, say that we wanted to take back rented land. That would cost us 10 million NT annually. After taking back the land, we have to plant trees on it. We have to come up with all that money ourselves. NTU says it's expensive to take back rented land and repopulate it with trees. One bank is helping out not only with funding but with manpower too. They've come here today to help NTU plant trees in this area that was hit by landslides. There's a saying that goes, "The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time to plant a tree is right now." I'm aware that the NTU team hopes to plant more trees, so we are working with them on this project called "10 Years to Grow a Tree, 100 Years to Train a Man." We hope to grow 100,000 indigenous trees over the next 10 years. It's not just schools that care about sustainable development. We've discovered that lots of corporations want to take action in support. They might personally take action by coming out to plant trees and help make the world we live in a better place. Here at the base of Jade Mountain, a Bunon man in Shingi Township is planting a native crop. There were once many indigenous grains growing in Shingi. But amid a dwindling population and changes in the local diet, these local grains have become endangered. There's only one person planting it. I'm the only one left planting this variety of seedling. In the 1970s, American researchers hoping to preserve a variety of crops came to Shingi and collected 28 types of grain to bring back to a seed bank in the U.S. Now, more than 30 years later, researchers at NTU want to bring those grains back to Shingi, but restoring these grains is a costly venture that involves renting and managing land. Stepping up to help, the bank provided the funding needed to bring all 28 grains back to their native land. The project will help protect the diversity of crop genetics as well as future food security. 举一个例子好了，吃过那个呃美国的 grapefruit， 就是那个葡萄柚嘛。To give an example, have you ever eaten American grapefruit? It's modified. All of them are the same now, and each one is similarly sweet. However, if the plant encounters a disease, it's finished. 
Diversity in living things means that each variety has a different aptitude. Each has different genes. That's very important. The return of native grains to their original land enriches the gene pool of crop species and helps perpetuate an intangible food culture. I'm very happy to know that after these grains are restored, young people can start growing them again. Preserving native plant species will ensure the protection of Taiwan's environment, its culture and its food security. It's an expensive venture, but letting them disappear would come at an even greater cost.